You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. All right, we're live, but we got to let it breathe a minute here while we... Not a minute. It's not going to be that long. Hold your horse. But we do got to let it breathe just for a few seconds, moments, and then we're going to get this party started. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and powered by Blue Wire Pods. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, my fellow football priest and the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. Zach, before we get into some Bronco, Aaron Rodgers, training camp talk, how was your weekend, my dog? Busy on the work front. You know, uh, the Cowboys started training camp this past week, and uh, it's been it's, it's it's been a nice reacclimation to football and a little more normalcy. But, you know, the last training camp you and I covered was two years ago. They didn't have one last year. So it's it's weird. And I know you know this as well, Chad, to go from zero to 100, to go from having nothing to having everything. And that's what we're going to have with the Broncos this week. So I'm looking forward to that. But uh, how was your weekend? My weekend started off with a bang. We were going to go out and visit my wife's folks, and then uh, the uh, automobile engine gods threw a wrench in that, so we improvised and did something else, went to a water park, had a lot of fun. But I've been chomping at the bit to talk to you about this Aaron Rodgers rumors because as I was away and I was out and about doing my thing with my family, the last real weekend getaway I'm going to have before, you know, the calm before the storm, if you will, I saw the article go up on Mile High Huddle that Aaron Rodgers is rumored that the betters are putting their money on Aaron Rodgers not returning to Green Bay, not getting traded, hanging up his cleats, dude, retiring. Is it true in your mind? Is it a maneuver a la Carson Palmer? They have the same agent that orchestrated that uh, when he retired, did Palmer from Cincinnati to force the trade to Oakland. Well, I kind of have two thoughts on this. First of all, you know, if you subscribe to Vegas having some inside knowledge, then yeah, you're going to put some veracity in this report that came out. And even Pro Football Talks, Mike Florio checked in with the source and said Vegas tends to be pretty sharp about this situation. So it is something to monitor this coming week. Supposedly, he's going to announce his retirement before the first practice of training camp. That would be Wednesday for Green Bay. And I guess the logic goes he would set out the 2021 season unretire in 2022 and then get traded. The problem with that is, though, is the Packers would own his rights. So there's no guarantee they're going to trade him away, especially if Jordan Love has a bad season or a below-average season in his stead. I'm still holding firm, though, to the fact that this is mostly, not all, but mostly about money. There was a report that came out that said he wants $90 million guaranteed over two seasons. I mean, he wants to be in that stratosphere along with Mahomes and along with Dak Prescott, the $40 million a year club. But going on 38 years old, he's not interested in a five-year contract or a five-year commitment. He wants guaranteed money up front. And you know what? Coming off an MVP season, the third of his career, why shouldn't he capitalize on that? Why shouldn't he use his leverage? But that's the only card he has. Negotiation-wise, Chad, is retiring. That's all he can do to maybe force the Packers' hand. But again, there's no guarantee Green Bay would trade him even if he retired. Not only is it unprecedented, the notion that a reigning MVP, regardless of age, might, could, maybe be traded, But the notion of an MVP, it's one thing to see a quarterback go win a Super Bowl like Elway and and Manning and hang up their cleats. But to retire as a reigning MVP, going through the Rolodex in my mind, I'm not sure that's ever happened, at least not in recent history. So it would be a little bit of a surprise. But if it's a maneuver that ultimately gets Aaron Rodgers what he wants, and that is a ticket free and clear out of Green Bay, then you can't put anything past him. At this point, he really is, you know, they're, they're calling each other's bluff, man. Like, it's the 11th hour, and Green Bay has obviously said, look, we've offered to sweeten the pot, you know, placate you by making you highly, highly paid, if not the highest paid in the league and in NFL history, but as far as APY is concerned. But you're not really coming to the table with anything. Meanwhile, Aaron's like, hey, I told you what I want. I told you why I'm unhappy. I told you this situation is unsalvageable. It is untenable. Trade me or I retire. Rubbers meet in the road this week. We're going to have the some some sort of resolution on this, and then we can either move on 
you know, talking Broncos or move on with maybe something happening with Aaron coming to Denver, but it doesn't really feel like it's the, the pendulum is swinging that way. Yeah, I mean, the only quarterback that I can think of that walked away in their prime or at the top is Andrew Luck. Other than that, like you said, it's it's pretty uncharted territory for a reigning MVP, a future Hall of Famer, to call it quits for one season. And knowing that in advance, that it's a maneuver, he would retire temporarily. It's not like he has genuine interest in going to host Jeopardy. The thing I'll say about this, though, and this is something I tend to notice with players, when negotiations start devolving into certain numbers, like when it gets leaked specifically that he wants 90 guaranteed over two years, that says to me that there's something going on behind the scenes. I'm still holding firm to it being mostly about the money, and if they can meet his number, whatever that number may be, I think he'll stay in Green Bay this year. And and like I said, Threatening to retire is the only card Aaron has, and he he doesn't want to risk being fined every day for missing training camp, so that's why it would happen before the first camp practice. I would not be surprised if there's a resolution, and the resolution is not Rodgers retiring, it's him staying in Green Bay going forward. If he retires, he's still going to have to come up with a settlement to give some of his signing bonus from that last extension back to the Packers that has been kicked forward into multiple future years. So either way, he's going to be a little bit lighter in the pocketbook if indeed he does opt to hang up his cleats. Now, before we get to some matters of business, I see a very generous super from uh, Mark Langley. We're going to grab – in fact, John, if you've got Mark, let's throw him up there. There he is, dude. Man. We, miss, we miss Mark when he's not in the hizzy, but we got no worries because he is in the hizzy. He's here. That, you know, the, the water is under the bridge. Let not our hearts be troubled. Mark is with us. What's up, bro? How are you? Hope you are stoked for training camp to finally kick off this week. And, hey, you know we appreciate you. Thank you for that generosity, my brother. He says, uh, good to see you guys. Hashtag Huddle Up Pod, Football Priest, MHH, and always the message. Hey, John. Mark, you are the man. And, you know, we've Chad and I have thanked you on here. We've thanked you on social media. We've thanked you through text messaging. And, you know, our thanks will never be enough for what you do, but we genuinely appreciate it. It's good to see you in the pod, and we hope you're having a great weekend and a great Sunday. Give our best to Penny. And then also, hey, man, hopefully we'll get to see you at the next MHH meet and greet 2022. We're looking forward to that. I've talked to Mark. Uh, Willie, thank you for the super chat, bro. He says, hey, Here's a couple of clams to not talk about Aaron Rodgers today. Thanks, bro. Well, hey, listen, we're turning the page. In yeah, fact, a little too late. <laughs> we're uh, we're going to shift gears right now. In fact, Zach, I wanted to get your take on this real quick, and then we'll get to some matters of business and talk some training camp. Uh, Bleacher Report predicts Teddy Bridgewater to be De- uh, Denver's biggest bust. So if you go and look at what the Broncos did in free agency, Kyle Fuller, Ronald Darby, uh, Teddy as a trade, uh, you go to the draft, you know, from Pat Sertan all the way down, 10 picks. None of those guys, they have selected Teddy Bridgewater to be Denver's biggest bust candidate. And, Zach, the one thing on this is I investigated. You know, this is where we're at, guys. We're, we've reached the bottom of the barrel. This We're <laughs> aggregating Bleacher Report. This is where we're at right now. But nevertheless, <laughs> listen to me here. I went and read this piece, okay? Uh, guess what? He doesn't offer this, uh, you know, God bless him, Brent Sobleski. He's just trying to make, hey, just like us that in this late hour, he doesn't make any rational argument for why Bridgewater would be deemed a bust. Shocker. So I can't even try and convey to you what his rationale was other than just saying, hey, this is the this team's biggest bust, Teddy Bridgewater, figure it out. But what's your your response to the notion of Teddy being Denver's potentially biggest bust of 2021? Knowing Bleacher Report, they, they've they used Drew Locke slander enough. They had, I guess, just pick another quarterback to go with, and that was Teddy Bridgewater here. I'm not putting too much credence into this. It is surprising, though, to see this type of article not about Drew Locke, about Teddy, who's being seen through the national scope as the Broncos starter, as the safe option, the veteran option, the guy that's going to lead them to the playoffs and save them from Drew Locke. I don't know, though. I mean, how would you qualify a bust season for Teddy Bridgewater? First of all, he might not be the starter. So how can he bust if he's the backup? If he is the starter, though, or if he sees playing time, he's going to keep it safe. He's going to check it down. He's not going to commit turnovers or try not to. So if he plays Teddy B football, it, it, it eliminates that bust factor. So I don't agree with picking a Broncos quarterback to bust. And if they did, I don't agree with Teddy Bridgewater as that quarterback. You know, if we're talking free agency or veterans, uh, 
I would say the guy, I would tap probably Ronald Darby as the most likely to bust, but that's not because I think he's going to bust. I don't expect him to bust. In fact, I think Darby under the wing of Ed Donatel, under the wing of Vic Fangio, I forget the dudes, uh, they call him CP, the new uh, DB's coach. Christian Parker. Thank you. I don't think he's going to bust. I think you're going to see health willing Ronald Darby, uh, Darby produce some pretty good play for your Denver Broncos. But hey, man, Teddy Bridgewater, you said it. If this was a guy, Zach, a la 2020, Carolina, paying him, acquiring him specifically to be the understood starter. All right, cool. You're picking him to maybe be a bust, but please at least still explain why. But that's not, as you pointed out, why Teddy Bridgewater was necessarily brought to Denver. He's brought to compete to be right. the starter. So if this dude shows up, took a pay cut, ends up being the backup, is that still considered a bust? Because we got to figure out where the expectation is for Teddy when he was brought here in the first place. I mean, using that logic, you're you're right. It's like you can make the case that Brett Rippon would be a bust this year for the mm-hmm. Broncos. He, he's a backup quarterback. So, yeah, I mean, either – I'm not the biggest Teddy fan. You guys know that, you know, very well. But in either scenario, whether he's the backup, obviously, or, or, or if he starts games for Denver this year, he's going to play a safe brand of football. He's going to cut down the turnover. He's going to check it down. And God willing, Pat Shermer will get the ball in his playmaker's hands and take the pressure off the quarterback. I, I you can name a few different players on Denver's roster. I don't agree with Teddy B as this pick, but that's consider the source. That's all I'm gonna say. Willie with another two dollar super. Thanks, buddy. He says I never thought I would agree with Bleacher Report. Hey, we'll see how it shakes out, bro. I know uh, I know you're you know a Teddy skeptic, if you will, but uh, we'll see, man. I don't I don't really I really don't think Teddy's gonna be a bust. I stand by the notion that if the Broncos do turn to Teddy, whether it's by choice as picking him as the winner of a quarterback competition or if Drew gets hurt and or fails to launch, I don't think you're going to suddenly go from, you know, whatever level the Broncos are at at that point to suddenly off a cliff with Teddy. Teddy's a water treading guy. He'll keep yeah. you moving forward. He's just not going to leap forward. You know, you're not, we're not talking about quantum physics with Teddy, right? We're talking about inch by inch, step by step. Take it by the inch, it's a cinch. By the yard, it gets hard. Check down, check down, moving the chains. Check down, check down, moving the chains. That's Teddy Bridgewater. Alex Smith with maybe, I don't know, younger Alex Smith. Maybe not quite as athletic as Alex Smith, but an Alex Smith type dude. And there's nothing wrong with that. And, no. you know, I, I love you, Willie. I know you're, you know, your team, Drew. I know you're pro lock and all, but I see that you call Teddy a bum. And again, I'm not the biggest Teddy Bridgewater fan, but he is far from a bum. I mean, you could say Jeff Driscoll's a bum. Paxton Lynch is a bum. Teddy B is not a bum. And I, that's why, regardless, if Drew Locke takes off, the Broncos obviously are in good hands. If he doesn't, then they fall back on Teddy B and at least they're in, they're in safe hands. So to me, it's it's a pretty win-win scenario under center for, for the Broncos this year. I, I don't know what uh, Bleacher Report's trying to do. Quick shout-out to Zeus McPeak jumping in. He was there today for Kelberman's Corner showing us some love. Here he is today on the Huddle Up podcast leading the way as the first face etched up on the MHH superstar Mount Rushmore. Zeus, you know we love you, bro. Appreciate you. Thank you for the support. And we're just getting started, man. We are kind of slapping some things together as we inch toward Wednesday, but Wednesday, rubber meets the road. I swear to God, Stu, one day we're going to have official MHH Huddle Up Pod currency, and you will be on the on the dollar bill. Thank you so much for everything you do. And again, we hope you're having a good weekend and enjoying the podcast tonight. All right, quick matters of business, and then we'll see what else is in the chat. And we got a couple of topics we want to get to additionally tonight, including you know, which Broncos are really in do or die situations entering the 2021 camp first oh <clears throat> pardon me how you can connect with us on twitter and social media on twitter connect at huddle up pod give us a follow over there if you are a superstar if you are a consistent supporter of the show make sure you at us all right and let us know who you are because so often the names differ from handles that are used on youtube or facebook to twitter so you got to kind of hit us over the head like a two by four who you are. Also connect with our main account at Mile High Huddle. And then our producer, John K. I'm trying to find the card. Where is it? Where to go? It's disappeared, John. I don't know where it went, but follow him on Twitter at John K MHH. As you can see here on screen, my partner, Zach Kelberman on Twitter at Kelberman NFL. 
and yours truly at Chad and Jensen. Also, gang, we would humbly ask you to make sure you are following the Huddle Up podcast on Facebook. Easy to navigate. Either open up your browser and type in facebook.com slash milehighhuddlepod or just open up the app, search Huddle Up Podcast. Give us a like. Give us a follow there. We are trying to get that following that page to scale because we have some big plans content-wise for our Facebook page, but we got to hold off on it a little bit till we get to scale. So help us out over there. And in so doing, it automatically enters you into our weekly giveaway, a little piece of MHH swag, help rep the brand, get a little free something-something for liking and following a, a social media page. Also, guys, check out facebook.com slash milehighhuddle and become a supporter. You get access to Kelberman's Corner today. Great show, by the way. Uh, Zach, you and Kim knocked it down, talking about the top candidates for perhaps uh, an early extension in 2021. Plus, you get Trickle Zone every Saturday and Broncos Book Club, which was upended a little bit this week because of my weird schedule and this and that. So that's what you get as a supporter. It's 5 bucks a month. Plus, you're helping to keep the lights on here at MHH Central. We love our super supporters over there. On Facebook, the merch store, of course, guys, if you want to get a piece of swag, get a hat, get a T-shirt, get a mug, face mask, hoodie, tank tops, little something, something, huddleuppod.com, go get your swag on. And if you're not in a position to do those things, gang, it's all good. Just make sure you are subscribed wherever you enjoy the show. Like this video, like this episode, crucial if you are on YouTube and or Facebook. And then, hey, the litmus test, number three, guys, if you think we're doing a good job or at the very least, you respect the effort. Share this video out there. Help us continue to grow as we approach training camp and reach those new like-minded Broncos fans that are just like you, but they're ignorant of the fact that this community is out here waiting to embrace them. Okay, good. Yeah, let's grab Slide and Glide. Bros, what's up, dude? Thank you for the super. Appreciate you, my friend. He says, what's up, Broncos country? Hashtag go lock. Hashtag playoff bound. Hey, man, that's what we're hoping for. I don't know if this city could survive a sixth consecutive (laughs) No playoff season, Zach. I, you know, I'm more than hoping. I'm expecting it to happen. And regardless, again, if it's Bridgewater or Locke under center, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, this roster is talented enough. There's no more excuses as to why they can't win nine or ten games and make a push for a wild card at a minimum in the AFC. So I am expecting the Broncos to finally end that schneid and get back to the postseason. Uh, real quick shout out to these great superstars sending us over on Facebook. Mike Postle with a very generous uh, star you, donation. Appreciate you, my dog. Alexander Emmert, good to see you, buddy. Thank you. Gary Leeds Palmer, the legend himself. Andrew Baker, also legendary. Thanks, you guys. You're helping us get to our goal of 500,000 stars on Facebook, at which point we're giving away that Von Miller jersey. And if you have starred over that point, if you have contributed to getting us to 500,000, you're in the running for that particular jersey. So thanks, you guys. Appreciate each and every one of you. All right, Mike's question or topic. This drama started when the Packers passed on the greatest wideout class in history, needing a wide receiver too, after never taking a single offensive player in the first round since drafting Aaron Rodgers, and instead drafted a future Rodgers replacement with years left in the tank and uh, in a Super Bowl window. Nothing that you said there is untrue, but it takes two to tango, right? The truth somewhere in the middle. But yeah, that seems to be, Zach, where the rub started was the whole Jordan Love thing. And for whatever reason, Aaron held off. Why didn't he throw this tantrum last year? I don't know, right? Because that's when the actual indignity of seeing your replacement get drafted in the first round instead of your help as you're coming out of a NFC title appearance, because correct me if I'm wrong, Packers two consecutive trips to the NFC title game. So why did he wait a year? I don't know, Zach. That was the point I was going to make. It seems like in hindsight, it turned out pretty well for the Packers, despite passing on those receivers and despite drafting Jordan Love. They were within a few plays of the Super Bowl. They, they lost to the Bucs. Uh, and... Uh, Aaron won MVP. So it it really could have been worse in his situation. And you're right. Where was this when they drafted Love? Where was this when they first promoted Gutenkunst to GM? Why did he wait strategically until after he won MVP to start this, I guess, saga when the draft started? So it's definitely interesting, but I'm not going to pin it too much on one thing or the other. If that happened at one point and they went on to have more success after that point, not a correlation. 
Let's grab this very cool super chat from Robert, who has become increasingly a superstar. Went from just being a listener. Now, when I say just, that makes it sound like it's a small thing. We love each and every one of our listeners slash viewers. But he went from just kind of being in the background, enjoying the content, to participating in the conversation and supporting us on Super Chat. So, And rocking the the swag like a boss. Thank you, Robert. Uh, We are going to be putting that profile pic that you sent. We did get it up on Instagram this week. So look for that, my friend. He says, happy Sunday, Broncos country. Hashtag MHH. Hashtag DB4L. Happy Sunday, Robert. Thank you for your generosity. And, and Chad's right. You're quickly rising up the ranks on the Huddle Up podcast. We appreciate you. Alexander, fresh off some stars on Facebook. He says, hey, yeah, my Bronco maniacal brethren. What are your thoughts? Nice. I like that. Bronco maniacal. What are your thoughts about the possibility of Melvin Gordon being traded by preseason's end, especially if Williams ascends and Freeman has a huge camp? Well, let me tell you something, Alexander, the best predictor of future behavior, not the only, but the best predictor is past behavior. And I've yet to see Freeman have a huge camp as a pro, not saying it can't happen, not saying it won't happen, but I'll believe it when I see it. I think the Broncos, even though they know they got Pookie, Pookie, you know, it's a pretty stiff learning curve, making the transition to the NFL. And it's not even so much the learning curve aspect, Zach, it's the rookie wall aspect. You know, these guys are used to basically being done for the most part by what is it, late November? You take December off, then you play your bowl game in January or what? You know, that's what they're used to. And yet the season just wears on and on. And then the NFL just made it longer, Zach, with an additional game. So you need a proven guy. Not to say Freeman probably couldn't be that if you decided to go with Williams as your one because you're trading away Melvin Gordon. I know the Rams need a guy, but that's a situation that, again, Similar situation where I believe it when I see it. I would be shocked. I'd be gobsmacked if the Broncos traded Gordon by preseason's end. I mean, he's in the final year of his contract. He's $4.5 million guaranteed. They're going to run Melvin into the ground to to justify that contract and get what they can out of him before letting him walk next offseason. Maybe if Williams comes out of the gates in week one and early in the season on fire, they would consider, and I put this on a recent KK video, they would consider trading Gordon midseason, but even then that's unlikely. They're going to ride him into the ground, and they're going to bring in Pookie to to close out defenses, to uh, contribute in the red zone, to be that battering ram, and to eventually take the throne from Melvin. So I don't see a trade involving Gordon. Maybe Royce Freeman, like you said, but not Melvin Gordon. Andrew, what's up, bro? He says, what's up, whole damn fam? I just threw in a swear word and attributed it to Andrew. Erroneously, he says, sup the whole fam damnly. Hashtag MHH for life, just showing love. Hashtag let them hate. The time is now. Indeed, it is. The time is now. That kind of gives us a, an opportunity here. John, if you'll throw up also D dub, I want to grab D dub and then I want to use this Andrew uh, message here to kind of shift gears for just a second. But I want to talk about Zach as we, well, let's grab Dale real quick. Wow. Mighty, Thank you, the Dale. mighty. D-Dub, 96734, from across the Pacific in paradise. Hawaii, what's up, dude? Thank you so much. Very generous. Just, man, you never cease to leave me speechless, D-Dub. So love you, buddy. He says, good to make it. Business has been seven days. Too much. Ready for training camp. Your bold predictions for standout performances from camp. Good question. By the way, everybody is busy right now, like crazy busy. doesn't matter what industry you're in. Like people right now are so busy. They're like, I'm talking companies, corporations, like half of them don't even bother answering their phone because they got more business than they need. So they don't even answer their phone. Hopefully though, in your case, Dale, that's a good thing. Hopefully you're, you're raking in the Benjis and, and crushing it. But Zach, what's your answer for D-Dub? Bold predictions. Who's the standout guy in training camp? I'm taking away quarterback because that's the low-hanging fruit here. The first player that came to mind is Jerry Judy. He he killed it in OTAs. He kills it at minicamp. He has a great rapport so far with Teddy B. He seems to have cleaned up his drops. His footwork is still at an all-time best. Um, I think he's going to shine this preseason, and the reps that he got that he lost out on as a rookie are going to benefit him. I think he's in for a big season, maybe even a 1,000-yard season. 
I think that's a very apt selection. Jerry Judy was tapped by, um, was it PFF? As the number two most likely in the, they ranked 15 guys entering year two most likely to quote unquote break out. And he was ranked only behind Joe Burrow, Jerry Judy. So I like that. Uh, as far as standout performances in camp, you know, uh, if I were to pay that forward into the season, I'm going to, I'm going to throw Noah Fant in there, but it's honestly hard for tight ends to really stand out in training camp because they're doing a lot of blocking and, you know, they're the physicality component to what they do is, uh, it's not quite, um, as real as it will be when real football rolls around, but, I would also throw in perhaps, I know this might sound crazy coming from one of your football priests because we have been Melvin Gordon skeptics, but I got a feeling about Melvin Gordon. I really do. I think Melvin, you know, he cut off his his dreads. I uh, showed up to camp a little bit lighter. I think he's motivated. I think <laughs> he's <late>. hungry. <laughs> we could see something. We could see something. Because it's one thing, Zach, think about this from a power posture dynamic. All right, you're signed as the big money guy to come in and – contend with an established thousand yard rusher, Philip Lindsay. You don't really worry too much because you just got paid. You got all this guaranteed money on your plate. So you're not really feeling like you're in a situation where you got to sing for your supper. One year later though, those tables have turned only reverse it in the sense that instead of a high pay free agent coming in to challenge him, it's a high investment draft pick in the form of Javante Williams. So I think you're going to see a very motivated Melvin Gordon and I'm not, necessarily predicting that he's going to have some big bold performance in training camp but i think he i I have a feeling he is all right i have a feeling melvin gordon's going to be a motivated cat if he has any pride at all i mean he better be motivated again in a contract year he knows he's not the future he knows his career is kind of at a crossroads right now he said he wants to endear himself to the broncos and show he can be the rb1 well it's time to do that Two years in a row, he skipped out on, on reporting to practices, voluntary practices on time. And in that time, Pookie Williams got the reps that he missed. So I think Pookie's going to push him from day one. One more player I want to mention, though, real quickly, yeah. Deshaun Williams. Kind of a dark horse. I, I was right about my Shelby Harris assessment. I just think, Desha- I know Draymond's starting, Shelby, Mike Purcell's coming back. There's something telling me that Deshaun's in for maybe like a six to eight sack season. I saw him post something on Twitter. I think John tweeted it, and that's why I saw it. He's motivated. He wants to uh, prove himself in the NFL now, and he has more of a predominant uh, opportunity to. So I think he's going to be a breakout dark horse candidate in Denver. Absolutely. Uh, look at Draymond as well, you know, to, to be a guy that kind of makes a kind of pops in camp. There's a few really interesting players poised to potentially have that kind of a summer we'll see here very very soon let's grab and thanks again d-dub you know we love you bro don olson on facebook i'm going to read this from uh the comment itself because it's a big fatty that takes up half the screen we love it thanks don he says uh or she pardon me happy sunday guys i grew up with the broncos but my favorite memory was always the orange crush with killer linebackers tom jackson rob swenson randy gratishar and joe rizzo those guys could shut anybody down. So do you think there's any chance that linebackers will ever again dominate the NFL like they did in those days? No. Not like it, not like in those days. The game changed. Right. You know, those guys used to be, you know, they were the point of attack. The point of attack has has not changed, right? The line of scrimmage in the box, it is what it is. But with the proliferation of the modern passing game, the linebackers are not quite as crucial in the same sense that running backs have kind of been uh, devalued and neutralized somewhat. Doesn't mean you don't need a good one, but they're just not quite as primetime premier as they were even 20 years ago. And it's that same thing for linebackers, arguably even worse. But Zach, that doesn't mean you're not going to see great linebackers come and emerge and, and dominate, play well in the NFL. But those days where they are the marquee guys on, on defense, you know, even the eighties, you know, uh, Singletary, jump forward to Ray Lewis, jump forward to Erlacher. I mean, we could continue going, but I, I think those days are mostly in the rearview. Yeah, you know, the counter argument here, though, is Tampa Bay just won a Super Bowl in the strength of their linebacking core, Levante David, De- Devin White, Shaquille Barrett. There's always going to be utility for a 
dynamic inside linebacker that can hang with the Travis Kelseys, hang with the Darren Wallers of the world, the George Kittles. I want the Broncos desperately to have that. But to your point, which I agree with, the game – the position is shifting downward. It's shifting slimmer. You're seeing more of the hybrid roles come out. I mean, look at Baron Browning. He can play safety. He can play inside linebacker. They're not pigeonholed into one position anymore. So the traditional linebacker-looking guys like Dick Buckus and Brian Erlacher, they don't have the sideline-to-sideline speed to keep up with the players that are coming into the NFL, the Tyree Kills, that are just so impossibly fast. So you're going to always have a role for a really good three-down linebacker, but the utility comes with maximizing players and utilizing position flexibility and maybe having a safety come down in the box or uh, uh, another player come down and help defend that tight end, not just have to be one sole guy matching matching up with another. Well said. We got Drew, another bona fide MHH superstar, checking in. Good to see you, bro. Appreciate you. So Teddy will only be a bust if you're expecting him to win a Super Bowl. He's a perfectly fine QB, but not the guy to take you to the promised land. Locke needs to start. Got to know definitively if he's the guy or not. We agree. This is a philosophy we ultimately share. You got to give him the chance to succeed and the rope to potentially fail. And if that's how it shakes out and he fails, at least now you know there's no question. There's no eating your heart out, staying up late, John Elway, George Payton, worrying, losing sleep because you're always going to wonder, what if we would have given it one last swing with Drew? Was he on the precipice of something special? Was he on the precipice of turning a corner? Did we throw a wrench in that unnecessarily by just you know throwing Teddy in there? That's why I do think, Zach, unless he completely just craps the bed in camp, they're going to err on the side of giving a one last swing with Drew, knowing they've got an actual, real, true failsafe this time around. Not named Jeff Driscoll, Teddy Bridgewater. I, I mean, they can ask themselves, can Drew Locke be Josh Allen? Can he take that major leap going forward? And the answer may well be no. He won't be Josh Allen. He may well be a bust. He has no future in the NFL, potentially. But they don't know that for sure. And the only way to find it out is to let Locke play a full season, unfettered, unblemished, uh, with a full supporting cast and hopefully better coaching, no injuries, knock wood. I think he can do something. I think he can take that leap forward. Maybe not Josh Allen, but a capable starting quarterback. Uh, Drew makes a good point, though, Chad. We talked about the defined bust, define how, how Bridgewater would bust. Yeah, if he starts and you're expecting to win a title with Teddy B under center, the guy that was just replaced for Sam Darnold, that might be setting up unfair expectations, but certainly bust expectations as well. Agreed. You have to establish what those expectations are for Teddy before you can just even try and predict whether he's going to be a bust. And Bleacher Report, God bless him, failed to do that. Yeah, Dave, so – Broncos book club, unfortunately, had to be scrapped this weekend just because of all my stuff. But don't worry, it's going to return in full force this coming week. I'll be keeping you guys uh, in the loop on that. Zach, a.k.a. Burn the Guitarist. What's up, dude? Good to see you. Thank you for the super. He says, hey, guys, looking forward to training camp. It will be nice to see the guys in action. That's right. That's right. Because, hey, Zach, you know, when it was OTAs, for example, and we've gone a long six weeks uh, since then, since they left minicamp and into the NFL summer, it's not quite the same because they basically were only allowing a very small handful of media to attend. I mean, normally they do keep their media uh, scrum kind of relatively tight, but this time they cut it into like a quarter of what they normally would. And so aside from local print, local radio, local television, no one was in there. You couldn't really get a vibe for what was going because you're not really able to see anything with your own eyes. That changes with training camp. We're going to be able to get an up-close look at what's really going on here, and it's going to be freaking dope. We can't wait. It's already so exciting because the quarterbacks have reported they're in Dove Valley, they're working out on the field, and the Broncos release a throwing video showing Bridgewater and Locke. And I'm just saying, six to midnight for me personally, Chad, I'm so excited for football season. I'm so excited for practice and training camp to get here. I'm so happy it's football season. Willie, we get it, my friend. We get it. 
Thank you for the super. He says, I definitely meant it. Teddy's a bum. And then he throws up the uh, very famous trio of Drew Locke emojis. We got you. Travis Weber, what's up, brother? He says, I'm going to read this from the chat. Good evening, Chad and Zach, Broncos country. Just my two cents. First off, I'm not big about Rodgers, and I think Peyton is right about the situation that he said previously. So I feel damned if we do, damned if we don't. Teddy, not big about him as well, but he is that safe guy compared to Locke, who is the gunslinger, which I still hope he can make the necessary and needed corrections. Go Broncos, DB for life, ride or die. Yeah, I mean, for Drew, it's putting all those raw tools and the the talent that he has into a polished, sharp weapon, you know, putting it all together. And it's on him. It's on the coaches. I think he can do it, but time will tell. I'm going to be fair. I want to make this point known. You know, I say there's no excuses for players or, you know, coaches like Pat Shermer. There's no excuses for other players. There's no excuses for Drew Locke as well, nor Teddy Bridgewater, but Locke especially. I mean, this is his third season now. He's – in the driver's seat to start, he has a great supporting cast, an easier schedule, and he had all the reps and continuity with his coordinator. Let this be said. We are Drew Locke fans on this show, but there is no excuse for Drew. If he if he doesn't do it on his own, he should be replaced. Ed Keating, what's up, dog? Good to see you. Thank you, my friend, for the super chat. He says, thanks, Chad and Zach. Hit that like button. Denver Broncos for life. State of being. Let them hate. Locke 2021. thumbs up, baby. So consistent. Thank you, Ed. But, you know, if we're talking about do-or-die situations, all right, the guy that does indeed ride to the very, very top is Drew Locke. And it's not that if he doesn't knock it out of the park this summer that his NFL career is over per se, but he will then cease to be viewed as a plausible NFL starting caliber guy. Could he go on to, you know, bounce around somewhere, some coordinator out there who had a killer great on him coming out of Mizzou thinking, well, if I can get him into my system, you know, they bring him in though as a second or third option and then just see what happens. That's what destiny would await drew. If he does not capitalize on his opportunity this year, this could be Zach, his very last true objective opportunity to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. And if he can't seize the day, if, if carp deem is not the maxim that he has in front of his locker, you know, in his, in his visor, in his car, sees the day. If he, if he doesn't have post-its putting up there all around in his kitchen, in his bathroom, that's what the order of the day is for Drew. He's got to seize the day. And if he does, the NFL, the Denver Broncos, everything opens up to him. The world's his oyster. If not, things are going to get uncomfortable, not only for the Broncos, but obviously for Drew and his, his career. You know what? If he doesn't seize the day, then he deserves to have that trajectory for his career. He deserves to be a backup going forward until proven otherwise. Though, if he were to flame out of Denver, I guarantee you there's a forward-thinking offensive mind out there that would take a shot on Drew Locke. Even as a backup at first, I mean, look at the chances that Paxton Lynch had after the Broncos released him. Now he's in the CFL struggling there, but that's a whole other point. That's Paxton Lynch. I think there would be... One more chance for Locke after Denver, but he certainly wouldn't be given any starting opportunities around the NFL. King Day is a newer name on Super Chat. Welcome, Welcome. my friend. Connect with us on Twitter. Thank you for your support. We'll keep an eye out if you have any specific topics or questions. Here's Joseph Malinowski. Thank you on YouTube. He says, my uncle works for the Denver Broncos, but just found out he might be retiring. So happy, but going to impact autograph, I get to give out something for Christmas to a young kid. Zach, I need syntax translation on this one, my dog. Uh, My uncle works for the Denver Broncos, but just found out he might be retiring. So happy, but going to impact autographs that I get and give out something for Christmas. I guess he gets autographs because his uncle works for them. So he gives them out to kids for Christmas. That's a great cause, Joseph. It's very noble. Absolutely. My friend, uh, King days, his comment concerned about the Broncos outside linebacker depth. I believe it was 2019, the first few games, Broncos could not buy a sack. Yeah, they didn't get a sack until game four. And that was with a healthy Vaughn, with a healthy Chubb. Chubb, of course, that was the game he tore his ACL after getting a single solitary sack. He's the one, in fact, who broke the ice for Vic Fangio's defense, period, in Denver. Then he tore his ACL and promptly had to go you know, sit down for the whole year. But yeah, it was uh, 
just a weird, it was just a weird thing. Like it was such an outlier situation that we didn't read too much into it. As frustrating as it was to see the Broncos fail to get sacks, especially with Vaughn and Chubb rushing for those four weeks together. It was weird, but as far as depth this year, they're in a much better situation than they've been. I mean, last year without Vaughn, I mean, you got Vaughn Chubb, Malik as a great cleanup number three guy. Then you're hoping that a couple of your draft picks can bear some fruit, whether it's Derek Tuska from last year, the seventh round pick out of North Dakota State, or if it's Jonathan Cooper from Ohio State this year, or even the undrafted rookie Andre Mintz is a Vandy. I think he's from Vandy. So they have some young options, albeit unproven outside of Malik. And I would say Malik is proven now. Like Malik, how many players in the NFL can say, I've led an NFL club in sacks? Malik did. You know, it wasn't Chubb that led the, the team in sacks, even though he got the Pro Bowl. Probably a big reason for that. If he doesn't end up missing those last two games, Zach, he probably gets at least one more and ends up leading the team in sacks. But it was Malik who got eight sacks last year, led the club. So he has proven that he belongs, but he's not, you know, a lot of people like to compare Malik to Shaquille Barrett. And I understand why because of the undrafted angle. But Shaquille Barrett is a guy who can win off the snap and he can play against the run. <clears throat> Pardon me. Malik is a great cleanup guy. He's a hustle guy. He's a motor guy. He's occasionally going to get lucky and get home, but more often than not, Zach, his sacks are not the pro- uh, product of him beating a guy off the snap or some wicked you know, pass rush tool to get by and get to the queue. It's coverage sack, quarterback scrambles, Bob, boom, there's Malik. I hate to make this comparison, but you know, talking about Malik Reed and Shaquille Barrett, it's like comparing Drew Locke to Aaron Rodgers. It's just not. It just you can't really do that. Uh, you kind of said what I was going to say there. I think the Broncos are in a really good position, and I will always take Malik Reed and Jonathan Cooper and Derek Tuska and Andre Mintz over the veteran retread likes of Anthony Chicolo and Jerry Attachu. I always want the younger guys to get some reps. And how many outside linebackers realistically do the Broncos need when you have Vaughn and Bradley Chubb on either side? One more point about Malik Reed. Anyone who saw KK uh, episode today, I put him on my list of extension candidates. He's an RFA, so the Broncos have a little more control going into 22. But to your point, Chad, if he led the team in sacks last year, why shouldn't he be doubly motivated in a contract year to continue that production? Exactly. It would only help the Broncos. Yep. BNS, thank you, my friend, for your support in this Super Chat. And he's thanking us. Thanks for the gear, gents. Hashtag all pro bulls, locked and load. And he's showing the he's showing the swag in his in his uh, profile pic, but we're not able to see that glorious visage of who the mystery man BNS is. It's Garrett Bowles, obviously. <laughs> yeah, it's Garrett. But yeah, dude, thank you, appreciate you, glad you got it, yeah. and uh, you demand you demand real quick. I want to shout out a few additional Zach Star Senders, superstar senders over on Facebook who've chimed in. Mike, you're the man. We already grabbed you, Travis. You're the man. Claude Riley also jumping in. Bonafide, bonafide legend, uh, Alexander Gary, both of you, awesome. Andrew, awesome. And then also Victor Marquez. Thank you for that support, guys. Seriously, appreciate you. Um, okay, let me see where we're at. We are at 43 minutes. Man, time has flown. Let's grab not uh, been watching for the first time. Stars and sending stars and commenting. Thank you, Victor. Dude. Thank you. Welcome. Good to see you. Thank you for contributing to the to the show and to the conversation. Naj, what's up, brother? Good to see you. Always generous when he decides to super chat. We appreciate it. He yeah. says, one worry always are injuries. Last year was brutal and seems like every year there is something. That's the NFL. Do you know if the Broncos coaches and staff will do anything different this year to try and mitigate this? Not to our knowledge. I mean, it's. I'm sure you know, they probably amend their training regimen and their nutrition and all that stuff. Every single year, like every team's trying to evolve and become as on top of modern sports science as, uh, as possible. But this, Zach, even the most bona fide insiders across the fruited plane, they don't get this information. NFL teams, clubs, they so zealously guard this kind of information that even if they had made a tectonic shift in how they're doing their training stuff to avoid injuries, we would be death blind to it we would never know about it unless a player opted to somehow like just blab about it which ain't gonna happen that's right and you know the only thing we can do is hope that the broncos 
I don't know another word, overcome Mr. Lauren Landau. And unfortunately, the Broncos have had a player, Baron Browning, lower leg injury, lower body injury. We don't know what's going on with him. We just have to hope and pray and knock a lot of wood that they stay healthy this year. That's one of the keys to them making a playoff push. Their health is vitally important. And time for some good luck. I mean, they are due some good luck from the injury bug. So again, you know, fingers crossed. Christian, what's up? Good to see you, man. Thank you for the support. He says, hey, guys, just showing some love while at home with my family having an early birthday dinner. Hey, happy birthday, buddy. Happy birthday. Because in case you forgot, tomorrow is my birthday. Well, thank you for the reminder, Christian. We will try to uh, also keep that in mind to shout you out tomorrow when it's your actual birthday. But if we forget, happy birthday, buddy. Happy birthday, fellow Leo. Mine's coming up in a few days, but we see you. Thank you. Zach will be turning 22 years old. <laughs> Not a day over. Brandon, what's up, buddy? Thank you for the <laughs> super chat. Bama Broncos. Uh, Jerry Judy will lead the Broncos in touchdowns. <laughs> and Juke and Judy. <laughs> Juke and Judy. That's funny. That's good. Maybe. It wouldn't surprise me in the least, to be honest with you. It really would not. <clears throat> but I do think that uh, if Cortland Sutton yeah. returns to even a half of the guy he was before he got hurt, you know, he, he, the quarterback, I don't care. I know that Teddy's already got a nice little juice going with, with Judy as far as chemistry, but if you've got Cortland Sutton on the field and you're a quarterback, you're feeding that dude targets. If you're a coordinator and Cortland's on your team, you're forcing balls downfield to this dude. You're giving him a chance because he's going to come down with it, and when he does, it's going to be a nice big play. So I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to say Sutton followed by Judy as far as receivers – but don't sleep on Fant, dude. If the combination of Shermer, Locke, or if it ends up being Teddy, pull their heads out of their you-know-what and start feeding this dude some serious targets, Noah Fant could provide a 1,000. Feed him. Feed Fant. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think you know he could lead the Broncos in yards, but so could Cortland Sutton. He could lead the Broncos in TDs, uh, but so could Noah Fant. You know, and you're talking about – scrimmage TDs, maybe even Javante Williams if he gets enough goal line opportunities. This is this is a good problem to have, though. The fact that we have to debate who's going to lead the Broncos where, that they have such a diverse uh, offensive supporting cast, it's going to be so fun to watch, God willing, the quarterback play and the coaching aligns because they certainly have the talent. The queen is in the house. Christy, what's up? Good to see you. Thank you so much. She says, happy Sunday. And then she also says here, the, the priests always coming through with the info we need. Hey, we'll keep doing that, Christy. If if you and everyone else keep showing up, and then another the super chat. Look Jeez, at it. that's the best. The trifecta. Make sure you hit that like and share on this episode. Thank you, Christy. We uh, you know we love you and appreciate you. And football is back this week. It's going to be great. We hope you're having the best weekend, Christy. The best night. We love you so much. Thank you. Thank you. We, we've got uh, an interesting one here from Robert. Speaking of linebackers, thank you for the super chat, Robert. Who are your second of the night, too? Who are your Mount Rushmore of Broncos linebackers? Ooh. Vaughn. Right. You ready? If we're let's keep it, let's keep it off ball. I think that's what he's talking about here. But if you want to include edge, include edge. Here's what I'm gonna say. If I'm if I'm keeping it off ball, I'm going, I'm going Gratishar, Mecklenburg. Gratishar Mecklenburg, Al Wilson. Yeah. Fourth guy would be Todd Davis. <laughs> Fourth guy. Trevathan. Mm, he contributed to a championship. Original draft pick. I I could be convinced of that. I could be persuaded. I was gonna say Tom Jackson, but he was more of an outside guy in his in his day. Man, I'm trying to think who would who you could be that no-brainer fourth option on Mount Rushmore off ball. Guys, hit me over the head with it. Who am I missing here? Um, what the hell? Danny Trevathan. I'll throw him up there. So Gratishar, Mecklenburg, Danny, Smoke Dog Wilson. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. You want to talk about edge guys, obviously, Von Miller. But, yeah, I think you nailed it, Chad, and I'm in agreement. Who are your guys? And who, did, who, who are we not thinking yeah. of? I mean, you could throw Danny in. Uh, you could throw DJ Williams in. 
if you wanted to, you could make an argument for Ian Gold. I wouldn't, but you could. Uh, you could dial it back to the 60s, but I don't think they really had a prolific guy then. Anyway, let's move the conversation forward because we're at 49 minutes. Thank you for the question, Robert. Here's Dale Hendricks jumping in. Thanks, buddy. Some love from the <laughs> nosebleed cheap seats. Denver Broncos for life. Hey, if you're going to have a sellout audience, Dale, you still need the butts in the cheap seats. So appreciate you, my friend. Yeah, Dale, thank you so much. We appreciate you. Seriously. You are a prince. And speaking of princes, here's big A, little a, R-O-N, Lynch in the hizzy. What's up, buddy? Thank you for that generosity. We do appreciate you, bud. He goes, those hybrid linebackers might just be the future. Browning has the epitome of tests ahead of him in the AFC West. If any team can find the formula to limit Travis Kelsey. They'll be an absolute unit in the league. Agreed. Agreed. I wouldn't expect too much this year, though, guys, on Browning, even if he wasn't banged up, just because, you know, you've got two entrenched guys that you don't really need. As far as the coaches, like, they always, a coach always errs on the side of veteran competency, Zach, over rookie upside, if and unless that rookie is like literally just sensational, <clears throat> leaves no doubt, like dominates in camp and just hits them over the head with the two by four. You know, that's the only time, you know, there's a few exceptions. Like if you think back to when Russell Wilson was drafted in Seattle, I know different position, but you know, they had just paid a ton of money to Matt Flynn. They didn't want to basically look like fools and turn the keys over to a rookie third round pick. But Wilson was so dynamic, so competent, so just obviously the, the the guy that there was no other – they knew they had to make that decision, and then they, of course, reaped the, the rewards for that. But, but yeah, we'll see, man. I still think it's A.J. and Jewel this year, and then hopefully you get to see some cool stuff from them, Browning and Justin Sternod, Zach, in like, you know, spurts, some third down. Maybe they do get to contend a little bit. But I'm thinking throw Patrick Sertan on Travis Kelsey, six foot two. Well over two hundred pounds. See what see what what you might get. Yeah, you know, Baron is still my favorite draft pick from this uh, rookie class for Denver, and I have no doubt he's going to be a terrific pro for them. But yeah, Chad's right. You know his lower body injury. He was already behind the eight ball, and Chad makes a great point. Behind two entrenched incumbent veterans, and it's hard enough to usurp them. You know, in a normal situation, but when you have a coach like Vic Fangio, who's very old guard, very old school, he is more loyal to his veteran players. So Baron already had an uphill battle, and then now not practicing in OTAs, practicing in minicamp, he's going to start training camp on PUP. If they get anything out of him in the first half of the season, especially, it's a bonus in terms of Baron Browning. Twenty-two is a different story. I think one of Jewel or Johnson, they're both free agents in twenty-two. One of them is going to be gone, and Baron should be the starter, but this year might be a kind of a redshirt year for Mr. Double B. All right, guys, we are at 52 minutes, so we got to mosey through rapid fire, these remaining superstars who have been very patient. The Queen with yet another super chat. She says, thanks for the great pod, guys. We don't deserve you. You're the best. You're the best. So Thank you. We also got one from Invictus Films jumping in. Good to see you, my friend. Thank you for the super chat. We got also Travis, who's already contributed to the convo, jumping in with a super chat as well as let me let me check. Am I? Yeah, also showing stars on Facebook. I mean, this is a committed, dedicated member of our community supporting this content, keeping this content flowing. Thank you, Travis. Thank you. You uh, you're you're a prince as well, Claude. What's up, buddy? Thank you for the stars. All right, let me see. Uh, we got another one from Brandon. Bama Broncos, John and I sharing a brain, canceling each other out. Uh, Bama Broncos, Patrick Sertan will be the next champ Bailey in three years. Mm. Hey, man, hopefully. That'd be cool. That would be cool. SEC, both of them from the SEC. Champ from Georgia, him from Alabama. Hope so, man. I hope you're right. In the meantime, though, this this is another maybe don't hold your breath, at least initially type um, scenario for Sertan. Obviously, you know, he has all the upside in the world and he does have Champ Bailey level ceiling, but look at the people ahead of him. Look at the veterans ahead of him on the depth chart. They brought in Kyle Fuller. They brought in Darby. They have Callahan. Um, it, it might be more of a luxury for the Broncos with Sertan to start out, Chad, moving him around different coverages, different formations, different packages before he's a full-blown starter in this defense. But no doubt, if he hits his ceiling, it's uh, it's going to be special. 
Andrew says, Chad and Zach, I have your man cave gifts ready. How do I send them? Shoot us an email, all right? Milehighhuddle at Gmail, and we'll give you the details there, all right? Appreciate you, my friend. Uh, Tony D-A-Dub, by the way, Tony, on our last live stream, threw in a super chat literally right after we hit the end broadcast button. So thanks, Tony. Hope business is good for you. Like I said earlier, everyone I talk to, man, they got more business than they need. Hope that's the same for you, my friend, and you're moving some discount audio and wheels. He says, what's up, fellas? Uh, finally catching you guys live. Keep up the great work. Go Broncos. You demand, Tony. Hopefully, hey, by the way, Tony, I know you make a trip to Denver to see a game every year. Hopefully you can make it to week three. Come see us in the MHH tent outside in Powerfield. It's going to be a gas. Thank you, though. And we like the new logo as well. Very yes, sharp. Yes, indeed. Very sharp. Very sharp. Um, okay, let me see. Oh, man, Geo in the house. Wow. Thank you. We've had several top rope um, OG superstars tonight. Geo, not the least of them. What's up, my friend? How have you been? Looks like you've enjoyed your summer. Sounds like you're ready for football like the rest of us are. And uh, we appreciate you, bro. Give our best to Jazzy. You know, I know that uh, people, you know, lives get hectic in the offseason. People kind of step away from football. But I know it's football season when I see Gio in the pod, when I see Christy in the pod. It makes me so excited and so appreciative for all that you both do and everyone else out there. Thank you. Thank you so much, Gio. Guys, hit me over the head with a two-by-four as punishment. Roman. No, not Romanowski, John Mobley. That's who I would put in there. That's who I'd put next to. I would remove Danny. Sorry. I put John Mobley just because of staying power, uh, contributed to two world championships. I get Bill Romanowski. He was more of a um, famous guy because of his antics. But I would still say I would go Gratishar, Mecklenburg, John Mobley, and uh, – Oh my gosh! I, I just brain farted again. Who's who's my other guy? Man, it's time to it's time to turn off the old camera. Wilson, but nevertheless, huh? Was it Wilson? Yeah, thank you, Smoke Dog. Thank you. That that'd be my four: Mobley, Wilson, Mecklenburg, Gratishar. Um, what's up, Zebulon? Good to see you, brother. Good to see you, Willie. Again, you the man. I'm tired John. of reminding you about John's show. <laughs> Not even hiding anymore, John. <laughs> I am legend. I am John. Yeah, it, hey, we got things in the works, bro. We got things in the works. Trust, it's coming. Trust. Uh, Seth Harmon, also, thank, thank you, buddy. You. Thank you. All right, guys. Uh, that pretty well does it for tonight. Appreciate you. Zach, I'm going to put you on the spot, though. Aside from Drew Locke, who is under the most pressure to perform this summer mm. for the Denver Broncos? This summer or the season? Training, Training camp? camp. Um. Coach-wise, I'm going to put Pat Shermer on there. Uh, Player-wise, though, I'm going to say someone like Kareem Jackson. He was lucky to get another contract from Denver to hang around. They drafted two safeties in Caden Stearns and Jamar Johnson. I think Johnson, Cushionberry is another great choice as well, but uh, Kareem Jackson is obviously a short-term option in Denver, and he has to fight like hell, I think, to keep his job because he has two young bucks behind him. Johnson specifically, once he gets his NFL legs under him, that's a natural playmaker who won't be a liability in pass coverage. And potentially a Simmons-Johnson pairing is very enticing. Well said. All right, guys. This is podcast number one of the week in which we're actually going to be ushering in Broncos training camp. We'll be back tomorrow night for podcast number two, which will be the last Huddle Up podcast before football officially returns and then when we see you again wednesday night we'll be talking about what happened day one of training camp so robert again thanks buddy he says awesome show as always y'all rock you rock also you michael ronquillo it's good to see you buddy thanks for your support always and then uh, other than that guys thanks seriously love you thank you we'll see you tomorrow night zach sign us off Yes, sir, Chad. Have a great rest of your weekend. John as well. Everyone else out there, thank you. Thank you, Michael. And everyone tuning in with us tonight, this was the Huddle Up Podcast. If you haven't already, follow the Huddle Up Pod on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account at Mile High Huddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. You can follow our great producer, Willie, I mean Buona Beast, <laughs> at John K M H H. I don't know where the banner went, but it's here somewhere. It's like it's I got moved down, it looks like. But yeah, John K M H H on Twitter. 
Uh, be sure to follow him. Also, guys, if you haven't already, go to huddleuppod.com and get your swag, get a hat, football pre-shirt, more stuff coming soon. Also, facebook.com slash milehighhuddlepod. Like the page, follow the page, and as well, facebook.com slash milehighhuddle. Become a supporter. KK every Sunday. we got Broncos Book Club, Trickle Zone, more on the way. Uh, trust on that. But if you can't do any of those things, we totally understand and totally appreciate it. We ask you to do three things, though, that take five seconds. Subscribe, like, and share each and every video you see on the MHH channel. It helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans that are wandering the desert and lost and without a home like you guys have. Bring him here. Let's all party together. But we're out for the weekend. We'll be starting a new week tomorrow. Training camp week. Wednesday is the first practice. I'm so psyched. We hope you are as well. I will see you guys tomorrow night, 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern. Take care, and as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.